0: Hello friends, welcome once again to the Perfect Bound Podcast. This is a podcast all about anything and everything comic books and comics related. Brought to you by the Panel Jumper and Comics Dungeon. My name is Ben, with me as always is Cole Hornaday. Hey there. Chris Casso. Hello. And of course, Nicole Lamb. Nicole Lamb. Nicole Lamb. Nicole <laughs> Uh, I got tongue twied there. I did a thing today. Yeah, you thwarted. I did a thing today where I had to, uh, it wasn't exactly a voiceover gig. It was just like clients of mine were like, we don't want to pay anybody to do an actual voiceover. Can you just come and record this for us? And it is so hard to read like text uh-huh. when you have to like do certain inflections and, yeah. and, 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 and just make it legible. <laughs> and Cole's looking at me with a shocked expression because he thinks I make fun of him when he reads the script. That you screws are sitting up. there editing, going, <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I'm not laughing. I'm more like
1: shaking my head. But <laughs> I,
2: I <like> your <laughs> which is all
1: about the shame. It's all about the shame, Ben Lawrence. <laughs>
2: He didn't no. do hands on hips, he did hands on ribs. I never do hands, just... hands on hips. It's <laughs> I am not, so it's, it's sassy not, right it now. I'm up to here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: It's just not It's not dramatic enough when you it's put them the on the best. hips. Mm-hmm. This is arms akimbo. This is threatening,
0: <laughs> and also if if with arms akimbo, I can't see the fists so under the table. But now I can see the fists. I know. just love
2: table. all of your ways, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get all in
0: there. Right. Well, how is
1: everybody doing this fine, warm evening?
0: Doing Starting
2: okay. <sighs> punchy early, maybe yeah, on my yeah. end. Well, it's it's kind
1: of balmy in here. It is a little. It's you know. not swampy, but it's a little balmy. <laughs> it's a little
0: balmy. But it's <laughs> when uh, oh. people
3: there's this experiment where you put frogs into a pot and boil it, but you do it slowly. They don't know and then right. the guy. it's like we're in that mid level oh, yes that's right <laughs> next episode know. the boil happens yes right. And we will boil over next episode.
0: But for this episode, let's move on. Let's start, actually, and let's talk about Warren Ellis uh, relaunching Wildcats this August. A new number one, another relaunch. Last week, we talked about uh, Hickman relaunching or rebooting, whatever you want to call it, the Ten Men. Uh, Now they're they're, uh, doing Wildcats. Uh, A of all, who are the Wildcats? This is an Explain to Ben moment. I've never heard of them
3: the do you want to do the nice version or should i do the mean snipey let's version let's do the snipey because that's <laughs> okay. all it deserves yes. so uh, when so image yep
0: <laughs> anyways somebody hit speak it, please hit
1: it, hit it okay so when um when the uh the the four tours left uh, uh, Marvel Comics to start Image. They all came up with their own strikingly original series. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, McFarlane had Spawn. Uh, Eric Larson had Savage Dragon. And Jim Lee brought us the Wildcats. And it's actually an acronym, but it's not an acronym anymore. Cats looks like it's an acronym. Is an acronym. Cats is an acronym, yeah. yeah. And um, they were supposed
3: to be a Covert, covert action tactical... Service. Service. Yeah.
1: But they're actually <laughs> aliens. They're actually aliens or on half our planet. Breed to, aliens. To, to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to, to protect us from these. Uh, they are half breed aliens that are here to protect us from the full breed aliens who are shapeshifters. But there were toys. There were action figures. A cartoon?
3: There was, yes. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're very much the X Men. They're yeah. 100% There was the nothing X-Men.
0: original about them. And since the CATS part is an acronym, it's in all caps, so it looks like it should be
1: read Wild
3: Cats. Wild Cats. <laughs>
1: The uh, the yes. the animation of the T V series. I think the T V series only ran like five episodes or six. Not long. It's absolutely atrocious. Um, but they were you know, they were they these guys are all in it for the dough. They were yeah. they were in it for the cash grab. And um and I don't think that Jim Lee made it past illustrating the fifth issue. I think he had to have someone else come up. And then he got someone like Travis Cheris who could not finish a single issue. That was way later. Yeah. yeah. Is that was that like way later? That's way okay. later. Um
3: there then there's been launches where there, there was a run that Alan Moore did, which is really good. Yes. Um, so it's one of those things that uh, it's kind of, we're going back to the college years of, of when we're trying <laughs> to figure out what to call certain years of comics. And uh, you get somebody else that's more competent to do the work for you. Because mm-hmm. um, they all told themselves that they were good storytellers.
1: Yes. Uh, and they weren't.
2: Yes.
3: And Wildcats has been
1: rebooted, what, six, seven dozen times? Maybe just <laughs> four. <laughs> But you know, Ish. and I, I, tried to follow all of them. I, I, I thought something was significant with each subsequent reboot. I thought something significant was going to happen.
3: The, what, the Alan Moore one was was had fun, but the Joe Casey one was actually interesting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, then but, they got they got a creative team that yeah kept on deadlines. The further away you got away from the original concept, the better it got right
2: was it joe casey who did the lieutenants of metal recently i think so and that was kind of his play like his wildcats kind of or i didn't
3: read it else? so i can't comment on that okay i don't know i can't
2: remember offhand but, he likes yeah. to do his little article things in the back and he did a whole thing on it I yeah think.
3: that that sounds like he did do that yeah. So yeah um so yeah basically the wildcats are just another group of of mutant slash alien slash robot slash whatever Also. All right. hyper-masculine, hyper-feminine
1: illustrations. Where
2: men are men and women are <laughs> women. That's right. And yeah. very,
1: very little substance to anything that's happening in the story. Well, I'm looking forward to the reboot. Yeah. Ellis, yeah. Ellis
0: says, the first line I wrote down for Wildcats was saving the human race from the human race. Oh. It's a team made up of people who have seen the worst in everybody and everything and yet still put themselves in frankly absurd amounts of jeopardy just so tomorrow might be a little bit better. And it's a short series. So I might just kill them all. Yes, yeah. come and see what happens. The art is great.
3: It's
2: mm-hmm. so Ellisy of him <laughs> to yes. say. Oh yes, all
3: Warren that. Ellis things relaunches. He's a relaunch master. That he is my entire quiz time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he uh, he'll do maybe six to twelve issues, and then it goes off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know. So and then, but the reboot never the relaunch the reboot never holds though. Generally, but sometimes we're lucky, and the next person might actually be better i don't know all right yeah (laughs) anyway uh look for wild cats number one Mm
0: -hmm. august 28th um there's a new superhero movie that is entire that has an all latino cast called el chicano it had a, a somewhat wide release earlier this month in may um it's uh it Tells the story of twin brothers from East Los Angeles who choose different life paths and end up on opposite sides of the law. And it's it is uh, remarkable in that it is the first all Latino superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Not just that, but like the first
1: like mainstream uh, m- uh, movie with a majority Latino cast. Right, in like ten years or something like that. Yeah. Um, I went and I I did poke through and and read a couple of reviews, uh, because I was curious of what the story was and what the response was. And there was actually elements to it that I found intriguing in that, uh, the, you know, El Chicano is in the story, it's twin brothers, one's the cop and, um, one is the vigilante by night who protects the, 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 barrio or wherever. And, um, but apparently the El Chicano character is a tradition. It's like it's passed on, and there's been an El Chicano uh, protector of, of of the neighborhoods for going back at least another generation. So I'm like, okay, that's a good hook to me because I, you know, we were all Chris and I love legacy. You know, we love uh, uh, pre-built histories and and that uh, whether the end story is. Good. I'm still always fascinated by that. Like, how are you going to build, how are you going to
3: bake in the history for me um, from a Corporate viewpoint too. That's great because that means if uh, you need to get rid of an actor, you can do the next movie. That's right. Pass on the legacy. Yeah. The only thing that that for fifty years. The only moment that I cared about in the Iron Fist TV
1: series was when they find the battered World War II footage. That's all I cared about. Everything else was dreary (laughs) and boring. But man, I thought that was pretty cool. Where the where he's fighting the Japanese soldiers that try to invade Kunlun. Should I watch? Iron Fist, now for just that scene. Yeah, but I can't tell you what episode it happens in, and it's only is for like five minutes. <laughs> so
2: Season two? Because I don't no, remember that. Uh,
1: it no, it's in season, season one. Oh. Yeah, I didn't watch season two hmm. yet. Anyway. It
0: uh, actually
2: kind of develops, which is weird. Anyway. Whoa. I know.
0: Yeah, uh, Latinos make up 18% of the population but are vastly underrepresented in films and TV. Uh, USC had a report in 2018 that found that Hispanics accounted for only 6.2% of speaking roles in 1,100 popular films in the past 10 years, which is rather stark. So uh, uh, good luck to El Chicano. If you see this in your local, local theater, go check it out.
2: I think that it's great that we're having these movies come out. And I think I'd heard in passing that there was also, like, a black superhero movie that came out but had limited release. My biggest problem is that you're not hearing about these Mm -mm. movies unless, like, somebody goes crazy on Twitter about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of where I'm seeing stuff. So I'm really hoping that while it's really cool that we have this, that it gets more widespread release or more advertising, so people will actually see that it's a thing and show, because they'll show that it's a viable option. And that's what I think is the most important thing, so that we have more of that representation out, you know?
0: Yeah. And I haven't seen it in any of the listings for the movie theaters. Around yeah. I mean, here. you
2: mentioning it in this thing, that was the first time I yeah. heard about it. Yeah, so yeah. that made me a little sad. It,
0: <laughs> it's released a, granted, it was almost a month ago. It was released on May 3rd. And uh, now it's Memorial Day. Uh, it's post Memorial Day, actually. And mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, uh, check it out, and uh, keep your eyes open for for uh, uh, these types of movies hitting your local theater.
2: Maybe renting or streaming yeah. Wars or something. You yeah. know,
0: who knows Never- where it's going to land? Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. So um, Vault Comics has announced a new series called Mall, which is a post apocalyptic story by writer Michael Morachi Moracy. Sure,
3: yeah, from uh,
0: who wrote Wasted Space. Hmm. Anyway, it's 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 interesting because uh, I like the synopsis. It's a um, it's a post apocalyptic world where civilization has divided itself into tribes based on the brands that they love, and uh, the tribes share an uneasy so coexistence normal. in a mall, <laughs> which they haven't left in years. I also immediately thought of what is it Day of the Dead? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. in the mall. Okay. Yeah yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: No, Dawn.
1: It's Dawn. Is it Dawn? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Day yeah. is at the military. Oh yeah yeah yeah. 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 I like right. them both.
1: <laughs> And there've been, there's two film versions of Dawn. Um, well, there's two film, ver- there's three film versions of Night. But
0: an interesting um, thing I read, not in connection to this at all, but sort of along the same storylines about brands, uh, clothing store brands. I saw that Abercrombie and Fitch. Actually asked the stars of the Jersey Shore when that TV show was back on the year, to stop wearing their clothes. <laughs> no way, really. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah Wow, I don't know how successful that was, but that's yeah. funny. <laughs> people take the brands
0: very seriously. So yeah. this looks like an
1: interesting concept. You are not representing our brand.
2: <laughs>
0: you you nasty nasty people. Oh, no. <laughs> you always know when you're walking by an Abercrombie and Fitch store in the mall though cuz it's uh, the it smell is dark is just and cologne yeah. is
2: wafting through the air. I've
0: never walked into one. I have <laughs> if to say. you just
2: walk past it, you're like, "I yeah. can't. Is there something happening it's, in there?" Am I too I old really... to go in there? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Probably yeah, kick yes. you out. <laughs> Yeah, they
3: have it's little like Logan's that run in there. Down. Yes,
2: <laughs> just with like sleep darts <laughs> or yeah. something, yeah. and then like little robots just sweep you yeah. away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Also, um, <laughs>
1: post-apocalyptic stories. How are, are we are we done with those yet? Nope.
0: No. 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 Never no.
2: will be.
1: I think what's intriguing about this series is that we're living in an age where, because you know, the older guys at the table grew up with malls being the nexus of our social lives in suburbia, and, totally. And malls are becoming a thing of the past because of online commerce.
2: Yeah, I mean, all mm-hmm. brick and mortar, really.
3: Right. They're yeah. even tearing down Northgate Mall sometime
1: next
0: year.
2: Are they really? The
3: yeah. Because I saw that. So another part of it was leaving. I forget which one, Macy's or
0: one of one or, of the or... one of the big chains is wow. pulling out of their yeah. lease before uh, they said they would. They're mm-hmm. leaving early. But when the light rail comes in, they're turning the Northgate Mall because it's a sad. I don't know if anybody's been there recently.
2: It's kind of it's yeah. a
0: sad place to be. And uh, so some of the stores are saying Like the Barnes and Noble is going to stay there. I think some of the uh, uh, some parts of the mall will say, But they're going to turn it into a community. Right. Hmm. And so, if you live in the Seattle area, this will, you know, mean something. Because <laughs> yeah. Northgate Mall was actually well, one of the first that's right, enclosed saying, malls in Northgate America. Malls, yeah, yeah. First ones ever made. Yeah. And
3: that time is already It come. has a very interesting Wikipedia page that I spent too much time at. <laughs> oh, is that right? There's some stuff that went down there. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I should check it out. Like what? Yeah. Follow uh, us on
2: our mall <laughs> podcast. The Northgate Mall podcast <laughs> will start
0: soon. Tonight on Mall Talk... We'll All right, let's apocalyptic malls. <laughs> let's get off of this. Look for malls coming from Vault Comics uh, sometime. I don't know the exact date. It's coming uh, August twenty-eighth.
2: Someone listening is like, "No, Chris, tell me, tell me the story." <laughs>
0: look, look up Northgate Mall on Wikipedia. All right, so um, William Stout. Cole, give me a brief introduction
1: to William Stout. Yeah, William Stout is this really... Um, I think he's he, he's a really amazing illustrator. I don't think he's ever done comics except for maybe the Ray Bradbury comics back in the 80s, which were just short stories. But he kind of made his fame as like one of uh, our greatest... Uh, Dinosaur Illustrators, and there's a book that he illustrated on dinosaurs, I think from the late 70s, early 80s, and it's been in reprints uh, quite a bit, just called Dinosaurs, Mm. and beautiful, and at that time, I think a lot of the the, the factoids about dinosaurs in it were state-of-the-art, but also, and this is a new coloring book, right, Chris? It's a couple years old now. Okay, yeah, and I was paging through it, going, okay, I recognize some of these illustrations from the Dinosaurs book, but I think some were new. Um, he's a very, very versatile illustrator, and but he made his money storyboarding and doing production designs for many, many movies, including the Masters of the Universe film. did. He was the original costume designer
0: yeah. for the 1987 film starring Dolph Lundgren. And what's happening is that action figures, based on the... F- the characters in the movie, the Frank Langella Skeletor, the Dolph and He-Man, are going to be made available as toys. That's from, a good-looking Skeletor. From, uh, yeah. Super yeah. S- it's a, from
1: Funko Super 7? Uh, su- uh, yeah, Super 7. Mm-hmm. So Super 7 is doing some incredible collector stuff. Like I don't know if you guys saw the... Um, The Masters of the Universe Snake Mountain place that they did. Yeah. I think it's as long as this table and it's going for $600, $700. They're doing pre orders right now. Now, we're living in an era right now of high, high end toy collectibles. And Kenner started it with Kenner Hasbro started it with. They did. Uh, you can get. I think it is as long as this table. The um, Jabba the Hutt's yep. barge, the katana, the anyway. But it's two yep. scale with your three and three quarter inch figures. Um, it's. I think if you could buy it retail, if you could pre-order it, it was close to a grand. And I saw it at Emerald City Comic Con for. 1300. Is it meant to be played with or is it just meant to be looked at? It is for
2: collectors. It is
1: for collectors. It's like I looked at them, like, you know, because you know me, I have. I have a, an abundant Star Wars toy collection, but I'm like, A, I can't afford it, and B, there is no room in my apartment I to put know. it anywhere. would have to get the top shelf. I would have to
2: get rid of, would, get
1: rid of something yeah. or Living hang it from the, from the ceiling. Room. Yeah, Trust me, I put some thought into <laughs> thought this. Thought about
2: it. Yeah, and they've been doing a lot of crowdfunding or a lot yeah. of pre-orders, like limited quantities. So a lot of the Super 7 stuff I just write off because I know I'm never going to get it and it stinks
1: but we're living in an age now where wealthy wealthy geeks are having their games dreams come true and (laughs) us poor geeks we just have to i want money (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: those mythic legends they made like again and again and again that was um four horsemen but i think four horsemen and super seven are like together or similar same sculptors yeah um those things were so cool and they're just like super gone it's just all that those are beautiful
1: and they did the ones with the those we're talking about Four Horsemen. They did the ones with the, the bird warriors with the bird Yeah, heads. all those things. They did like gorgeous. a huge troll. The like, yeah. Yeah, so, so remember, Super
2: 7 is a really cool brand to follow in general. Yep, you know? I think so. But yeah. they
1: also do the cheesy little three and three quarter inch figures that are yep. reminiscent of figures from the 70s. And one and of the first sets they did was uh, were figures from the original Ridley Scott Aliens mm-hmm. film, which were actually done from... Uh, Developed off of prototypes from the Kenner toys that were never released. And of course, I had to have those. Mm -hmm. And of course, I have them all.
2: Yeah. And I think they just started doing the Muscle Men stuff from He Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, like, uh, uh, Ben, uh, the uh, um, Metropolis figure I got you was from Super Seven.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, They're creating four. Action figures for the Masters of the Universe set. Uh, Skeletor, the golden god look for Skeletor. Um, yeah,
2: it looks good.
0: Dolph Lundgren's He-Man and a Karg to complete the set. I don't remember Karg. <laughs> Who's that
2: though? Was he the bat gremlin guy? No, is
0: he the horse? That's a horse critter, isn't it? I don't remember. I'm pulling up a picture now.
3: We're all eagerly waiting. We're all <laughs> eagerly <laughs> waiting. What was
2: that thing? It's what was that it's
3: guy. Hard. It's the oh. guy with the hook hand. Oh, that's silly. Oh, yeah. yeah. the, like,
2: gremlin guy. Yeah, it like should have
3: been the lizard guy who got lasered. <laughs> the like lasered lizard? Laser lizard guy. But
0: yeah. <laughs> Anyway, there's a there's there's a charming uh, interview on uh, mm-hmm. this uh, uh, article that I'll post in the show notes where William Stout just seems really excited
3: that this is happening. Yeah. That's cool. There should be what why am I blacking out her name? She's from Friends. Courtney uh, Courtney Cox. There should be a Courtney Cox action figure. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> With dancing motions so she could be uh All right, the Bruce Springsteen
0: I'm gonna pull up some random person from the audience for this music video. Uh huh. All right. And um, back, I don't know, when was it? It was probably 2010, 2010, when um, it was announced that Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker in Christopher Nolan's Batman. And I'm like, oh, come on. Heath Ledger is going to be a terrible Joker. Well, it was announced that Robert Pattinson might be the new Batman. And uh, my initial reaction is, oh, come on.
1: Robert Pattinson is going to be a terrible Batman.
0: So, have had Edward. a lot of
2: terrible Batman, yeah, so it does can't it be really matter? Well, after all this sorry.
1: time, I don't think this is really worth getting Ben out of shape about who gets to play Batman next, because such a variety <laughs> of actors have played Batman to varying success. But you watched the Burton Batman films recently, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. I haven't touched them in decades and decades. Um, but I don't know. I've if, rewatched
2: watched them recently. Have you? Yeah. I How do they Keaton... hold up?
1: And what do you think of Keaton's performance? Because he broke
2: ground with that. I still like Keaton's performance. Yeah. Um, I still think he's a pretty decent Bruce, and um, it's just that the first one with the Joker and the Prince thing—it's like so like a- late '80s, <laughs> early '90s. It's that very. 80s, it does yeah. definitely gets that dated quality, but it's still entertaining. And I rewatched the Catwoman one.
3: With the Danny DeVito. It's just called
2: Batman Catwoman. That's in my brain. It's yeah. not what it's Batman actually Batman
3: Return. or
0: Returns. Batman Returns. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Or Batman I was going to say
0: begins with Christopher right. Walken. And that yes. one still
2: holds Walken. up for yeah. me. Christopher
3: Walken is walking.
2: I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the penguin, like the robotic penguins. Because yeah. they did a lot of animatronics and a lot of like physical effects in that movie, and it's it's really fun to, to watch. Yeah, the,
0: the penguin army is a mixture of <laughs> animatronic <laughs> animatronic yeah. penguins and kids. actual penguins with yeah. things strapped to them. I like those. The uh Batman And Robin, no wait, Batman Forever, which is the Val Kilmer one, which I had seen when it came out, and you know saw it once in the theater, and that was all I needed to see. Uh, Rewatched it recently. As far as holding up, it, it there's nothing problematic about it. It's just a Bad film, yeah, and and Batman and Robin is even worse. Oh yeah, because it's just it's it's trying to be a cartoon. It even has like silly sound effects when people fall down on their oh, on their bottoms. That. Yeah, and and <laughs> Clooney's just a dead fish. And Clooney is not like I. He, he was great in ER. You know, he makes a good movie star, but he's not a Batman.
3: For the Val Kilmer one, the thing is, even though uh Tommy Lee Jones. And uh, uh, Jim Carrey, like there's there's pluses and negatives to both roles. There's moments where you see them together where you can tell they just had fun together. <laughs> mm. And it's like I could kind of feel their joy a little bit. Nice. And it's like I could kind of forgive parts of the movie for that. I
0: want to say that they knew they were in such a bad movie that they just decided They hammed to. it up. And then they, they were
3: probably trying to see who can eat as much screen time <laughs> over each other.
0: Or I might be thinking of Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, who played Mario and Luigi in, in, <laughs> uh, in uh, Super Mario that Rose. movie, we whatever it's called. We watched that,
2: I think, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Is All three bad. of us
1: were watched. yeah. yeah. Uh, were you there? I was yeah. there, yeah. yeah. We watched oh, wow. Ninja Turtles okay. and we watched uh, Super Mario. Brothers. But Bob, yeah, yeah. Bob and John,
0: Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, <laughs> got drunk every day. Before
1: the going it. to set, because they knew what a terrible movie they were they were in, they couldn't escape it. There's, I, there was a really good article about it. And I, 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 if you want, if you have the patience to dig through uh, the Facebook page, I posted oh, it years and years yeah, ago. That, um, that goes into great detail about what a disaster. what a disaster was making that <laughs> film. Um, so, yeah. we're
0: Robert Pattinson. Anyway, Team Robert Edward going to be the Batman. Well, maybe. I don't know if that's it, been confirmed. It got me interesting
2: because I wanted to watch his, uh, is it Cronenberg, the first one, like Cosmopolis or whatever? Oh, he's
0: not, yeah. Uh, I wanted
2: to watch that one. Mm. So I, this actually got me to want to watch his films. Yeah. like *Out uh, like the Patton, you
0: And know, that's what I, like I didn't Patton know. Patterson. I knew that he was in the Twilight movies, but I didn't know he's had this like, this actor in all these indie films life after twilight life after twilight there's life
2: Mm -hmm. after
0: twilight all right well there you go anyway let's move on to book report everybody chris cassell let's start with
3: you what do you want to tell us about um so i will start with tragedy um so um Benjamin Dewey, uh, who's an illustrator, has done plenty of comics I really like. Uh, he did Autumn Lands with Kripus um, He's been doing Beast of Burden lately. Um, years ago on Tumblr, he would put down little uh, one-panel uh, strips, and they he called them the Tragedy Series. And they were just like cute little jokes. Um, you know, for example, there's one, uh, a picture, Tragedy number 30, Log Misses Being Part of a Tree. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and then there's, uh, let's see, it's there wasn't I'm never going to find the ones I want, but like Tragedy 213, lizards with scissors take to the streets, you know, stuff like that. And um, so a lot of them are just plays on puns and and uh, play on words and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of them are a lot of fun. And so I bought this a while ago, but it went into the deep piles at home. And I'm finally working my way through some of them. And so I decided to just sit down and Read through all of this, and I I don't want to own this anymore. Um, oh. It's I don't know. I think I am dead inside. Uh, we've <laughs> we've established that a couple times. Um, but there's just so many where I read it and like I understand this was supposed to be funny, and yet I have no laughs. <laughs> and there's there are some good ones in here. Uh, he does a balance where after a bunch of tragedies, he'll do a sadness reprieve. And uh, so there's a like kind of a mathematical approach to that. But there's there's 500 unique tragedies. And then there's a short story in the back, which was a little fun. It's, it's like a, about a Victorian lady adventurer called Lady Excelsior and her um, companion, Falcon T, Lightning Spear, and, uh, who had a previous tragedy, which was uh, he lamented not having any uh, great name for his adventures or something like that. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's an $18 book. It took me a little while to read. It's nicely bound. The art's fantastic. Um, the full title is the tragedy series Secret Lobster Claws and Other Misfortunes. Um, yeah... Go read them free online. Mm. See if you care. Mm. Maybe I'm just dead inside. Um, And then if you like it, then you can go buy it. But... (laughs) I don't Buy know. Buy his
2: copy. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> but I'm just sort of like, okay, I got that. Now I need to get rid of it now.
2: <laughs> All right.
3: Sorry. Aww. Sorry. I do like you, Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: complete collection of tragedy series. A swing and a miss. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Cole Hornaday, what do you got for us?
1: Well, um, I read uh, a, a recent reprint of Guy Caldwell's Doll. It's uh, hot off the presses from Fantagraphics. So Doll. Uh, Guy Caldwell is actually a, a Bay Area underground artist that I... Um, I've always been kind of fascinated with he's not really really prolific, uh, but I think this is one of his most prolific works. I have several issues of his anthology series, Inner City Romance, that he did back in the 70s, I think through Ripoff Press. And then I have a couple of books that are his collections of paintings. So he's always been kind of intriguing to me. But I have never read Dahl, and I never read about it. Um, I, so Dahl was a, an eight-part series that he uh, wrote and illustrated in 1989. And um, basically, it's a I'm going to read my notes that I took here. Um, it's a story of a, it starts with uh, 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 the first arc of the, the series is about a man named Evergood uh, Kripok, who is physically deformed, heterosexual man who approaches an artist named Wiley Waxman. And Waxman specializes in making um, body forms uh, that are perfect li- likenesses of human beings. So Evergood approaches Waxman and asks him to create a sex doll for him because he's never had any type of sexual contact with a woman, and is desperately lonely, but he doesn't have a lot of money. So Waxman is taken by uh, uh, Evergood's deformity and his big heart and goes to actually the smut peddler he knows named Mal Murphy, who can finance making uh, a sex doll for Evergood. Well, the sex doll is so perfect that uh, uh, Murphy backs out of the deal because he can make so much more money exploiting the doll through his smut magazines and also, what everybody soon di- what is soon discovered by all the males in the story, and they call her doll, doll is irresistible. And that's when it spirals into um, a very puzzling, perhaps troubling, misogynistic tale of male exploitation of women's bodies because every time someone comes in contact with doll, well, yeah, the some women later in the story, but men cannot resist her. They uh, and and you you have to kind of look at this and consider that if this was of a real person and not a toy, it's just ongoing rape scenes and orgies and rape scenes. And doll is very graphic. Um, there is a, and that was the other question I had was like. It's a discussion of toxic masculinity before we had those words, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard to parse out uh, the titillation from the pandering. Um, is it erotic, or is it, you know, uh, because I was actually uncomfortable reading a lot of it, but I couldn't get past the fact that there's just a lot of sex in it, and um, and it is titillating, but you kind of back, gotta back up and go, wow, oh, how do I really feel about this? What is the discussion that's happening here? Um, Eventually, um, out of loneliness and desperation, I'm going to go back to the story here. Out of loneliness and desperation, Evergood steals Doll, and um, and they, you know, and it goes from one dark escapade to the next. Uh, so a different person um, has uh, uh, has ownership of Doll, um, and and each arc is about a different facet of of uh, sexual exploitation of objectivity of women um and so there's a lot to be discussed but again it's kind of like what is being set up here um because it's so titillating it's like is there do does it give you opportunity to stop pause and discuss or um it's kind of a deceptive book that way and i would Um. like Nicole to read it. Yeah, I'm gonna probably read it and get your take on it. I'm
2: wondering if it's if it's titillating to also get the reader like enraptured by the whole thing and hence the graphic nature, unless it's just hey, I just want to make this really graphic (laughs) because sometimes artists just like doing that.
1: And at by the time I got the story, I could not tell you what that was because there is so much about it that is violent and repugnant. Frequently people who come in contact with Doll don't survive the experience.
2: Really? Yeah,
1: because uh, men get so brutal and violent about possessing her mm-hmm. that they, they kill one another. Ah. So there's that aspect of it. Um, so it's really hard to say whether it's a, it's a successful satire, criticism, or if it's um, just kind of brutal pornography yeah um it's but it is X, an x-rated book that Absolutely. is it is very frank in its sexual um uh, imagery and uh and it's kind of brutal so but I would love to have you read it and I would love to, you know, hear your thoughts on it.
2: Maybe I can come back and do it as a book report you know what? I would really
3: it. like that. I really really would. Let's because it, do
2: that, okay, that sounds we? like All a great plan. plan. Do it. And if it cool. you
3: guys say titillating any more times, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, will lose complete uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what the word means anymore now. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna <Puriant>. have to <laughs> puriant, puriant. I'm gonna have go. to bleep you if you say it one more time. Oh. Yeah. All right. Doll, thank you, Cole. You're and welcome. finally, Nicole, what do you got for us? <laughs>
2: a book called titillating, no, uh, <laughs> <Beep>. <laughs> um, a manga, what do you know? Cause Woo-hoo. I like those. Um, this one, I'm probably going to butcher it's a uh, Hakume and Mikochi tiny life in the woods by Takuto uh, Kashik- Kashiki. Sure. We'll do that. Um, and it is legit. Just like gnomes living in trees. Um, Living, living their their best life. Um, that's the elevator pitch. Uh, it's two characters, it's Hakume and Makochi, and they're friends and they live in a tree. One is a really great chef and one is like a day laborer. She's really good with her hands, like she repairs stuff as like a side job. And then she also works for a weasel named, um, what's his name, Wish, uh, not Wasabi, that's wrong. Uh, anyway, his name means anchovy uh, and they make fun of him for that. And uh, he's kind of he's kind of hard, but he's he's also, you know, kind of a softy, too. But anyway, the the point of the story, they're all just, like, little vignette things. So each story is a separate contained, uh, each chapter is a separate contained thing. And at the end, they'll even have little tidbits about the world, like, you know, he, this one person saw this one bird, and they were the first person to ever see that bird. And then there's, like, another thing about the markets and how the markets work. And then there's another thing about, like, beetles, like, beetles are, they will help you do manual labor, but they will require food or they will not work. So it's like, you must pay your beetles, like kind of thing. And it's just got a lot of cute little stories like that. There's even like a little mad scientist reanimator girl that they come across, because there's this like, fabled ghost fish, and they realize that this woman's like bringing creatures back to life. She's figured out how to give them like a heartbeat And at one point she helps to renovate their house and like puts a huge rib cage on their tree and they're like, that's great, thanks for your help. (laughs) So there's a lot of interesting elements to the world too. Um, One complaint I usually have with manga that has creatures in it of some sort. It's usually like humans with a tail or something like that and they're like, I'm a fox! And I'm like, or you could just be a fox that talks, because that's cute. Um, And this one is, they are gnomes and they live around grasshoppers. They live around bunnies and you see them and they they interact with all of these creatures of the forest. Um, And I really appreciate that. I think that the art is, you know, pretty good. They're pretty chibi. Like, everyone's like... Tiny and round, um, but all of the creatures, I think, are really well drawn. Um, And overall, it's just, like, it's my happy place. Mm -hmm. You know, it really is a tiny life in the woods, so it's very...
3: Slice of tiny life?
2: Tiny, Yeah, tiny slice life. tiny slice. Yeah, it's a tiny slice of life, and I love my slice of life, so of course I'm going to love this. Uh, There's five volumes out so far. I've only read the first volume, uh, but I'm definitely in it for the long haul. Um, So if you like little guys, and you like little, little guys, then you should get this little book.
0: tiny little if I say life say little one
2: more time <laughs> this podcast is over!
0: Alright, cool. <laughs> Thank you Nicole. Well that is Book Report and that is our show coming up is quiz time. But before we go, I want to tell you that the Perfect Bound podcast is brought to you by the Panel Jumper. See everything Cole Hornaday and I do at thepaneljumper.com as well as Comic Stungeon at 319 Northeast 45th Street in beautiful downtown Wallingford or 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at comicsdungeon.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or however you get your podcasts at Perfect Bound Podcast com send us an email perfect at gmail.com and our friends get your quiz hats
3: on It's quiz time this week the questions come to us from chris uh, this one's called they call him warren relaunch ellis <laughs> so prior to what he would soon coin as widescreen comics with the creation of the authority in 1996 ellis would revitalize this generic team of government superheroes created by jim lee and brandon choi wild cats. Was that not Wildcats? <laughs> nope No <laughs> Generic You,
0: you mean uh,
2: Wildcats No <laughs> Oh I did Yes I did
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an existing comic right now with its name the
2: wild yes. Yes. Oh Wildstorm. Yes By Warno oh. It's the okay. Wilds He, he okay. just
3: relaunched his own relaunch <laughs> Uh, next, intending to revitalize the X-Men franchise, Marvel brought in Ellis in during their Revolution event of 2000. Ellis was given three of the peripheral mutant titles that were sub-branded as Counter X, and he plotted their main arcs while they were scripted by the likes of Stephen Grant, Ian Eddington, and Brian Wood. Which three X titles were these? Cole? (laughs) I read them all. I don't remember.
1: I'm going to say, um, uh... Shot in X, the dark. I'm going to say uh, X Force. Yep. X Factor. Nope. New Mutants. Nope.
3: <laughs> that were just named. <laughs> now, now I'm guessing. <laughs> X Force, X Man, and oh. Generation X. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That one didn't stick. Uh, in 2015, Dynamite Entertainment, in partnership with Ian Fleming Publications, hired Ellis to revitalize what famous character? 007 James Bond, licensed to kill but the original character from the novels as opposed to the films and set in present day. So the very terrible, terrible person and not not the dashing one. Hmm. After Civil War, Ellis revitalized the Thunderbolts in 2006, mashing the franchise with similar conceptual elements of the Suicide Squad, but also focusing on the seedy underside of a post-registration Marvel Universe. Who was the lead of this iteration of the Thunderbolts and name at least three other members.
2: Wasn't it Osborne? Norman mm-hmm. Osborne. And then um Songbird. Yeah, yeah. Uh Iron Maiden P pe- 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 what's the thing? Penance? Penance, yeah, yeah. Uh oh. And now I'm lost. It's been too long.
3: He likes to throw things at people.
2: Boomerang. Boom.
3: He's really good at throwing them in Captain getting... Boomerang.
2: Oh, oh, of course. Um, Bullseye. Bullseye. Oh, sure. Yeah, of yeah. course. He was so <laughs> freaking evil. Yep. He yeah. was great. That was like one of my first... Anyway, and that good. Didn't they become yeah, the Dark good.
3: Avengers? Some of them eventually. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah, yep. yeah. that yep. was good. And, then, uh, and, and Osborn became dark. the Super Patriot? Yep. 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 Okay. Now I remember. Final one. In honor of the 20th anniversary of this long defunct imprint, Marvel had Ellis and Salvador La Roca revitalize this brand in 2007 that featured... Such characters as Justice, Night Mask, Spitfire, and the Star Brand. New Universe. Okay. Sorry. And and what was the title of the relaunch? (laughs) New Universal. New Universal. Which made no freaking Ooh, yeah. sense to me at all. They tried their <laughs> damnedest to blend it in uh, with the TV superhero craze and other things. Like LaRocca tried to make characters look like Bruce Willis oh. and Josh Holloway from Lost. Oh. And wow. basically they were trying to cast another a widescreen comic book. Did they Did they ever finish that? Because I never finished uh, it. Maybe. What know. does that mean, <laughs> a widescreen comic? Is that just a landscape format? Uh, no, it's just... They, they put a lot of like splash double page splash pages so you would kind of almost seem like a landscape but essentially just like this very cinematic breakdown of like like you're watching Independence Day as a comic okay you know just explosions Michael Bay the comic book
0: oh, is what he means
3: Michael Bay the comic book yeah. I'm not gonna buy that <laughs>
0: well thank you Chris that is quiz time and that is our show thank you for listening and we will see you next week